Hello, and welcome to Please Don't Send Me Into Outer Space, the podcast intent on exploring all that science fiction and fantasy has to offer one movie at a time. My name is Joel. My name is Sarah. My name's Aaron. This week was The Abyss from 1989, directed by James Cameron, written by James Cameron, and starring Ed Harris, Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio, man, that's a hell of a name, <laughs> Michael Bean, Leo Burmester, Todd Graff. Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, I, I've decided that I go on for way too long when I read these credit, cast credit things. I appreciate everything about any of the movies we watch and i want my entire goal behind it was to make sure that these people got the notice that they do but i I do think it is tedious to hear on the podcast it only took me about 50 episodes to figure that out so hey anyways ed harris mary elizabeth (laughs) master antonio those are the people you need to know i picked this movie it was my pick and there is a very specific story for why I picked this movie. Would you guys like to hear the story? Sure. Let, yeah. me, uh, let me get comfortable here so you can hear your tale. Yes. Curl up next to the fire. Okay. I'll tell you. I'll spin you a yarn. I won't get too comfortable, though. No. Take off those pants, though. Uh, they no, like they're, they're staying chafing. on. They're staying on. They're chafing, Aaron. No. I bought you this special cream for your legs. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Hard day work. Thanks. Got to rub it in for you. Oh. Well, still. Awkward. Anyway. (laughs) It was a dark and stormy night. Some night before this happened. What actually happened was that Sarah and I were at a Thai food restaurant that we uh, sometimes go to that isn't that far away where we get these delicious garlic noodles with chicken. Mm. And uh, we saw somebody that we had uh, hung out with before. Another couple was there. And we were just, you know, just chatting. And I'm I'm a super awkward person when it comes to chatting with people I don't know that well. I prefer to be guarded in a conversation. But it came, somehow came around to me talking about how I'm afraid of marine life. You know, and they, they were probably talking about going to an aquarium or something like that. And I have this deep-seated fear. Um, not not a fish, you know, like I, I can go hang out at a pet store and see fish, and I can see them on movie screens sometimes, but I get really uncomfortable. It's it's a combination of the large the largeness of the ocean. Like, there's this whole 70% of the Earth that is a place that we cannot inhabit, that is literally suffocating to us, and that there is no light except for towards the surface, and that's terrifying. And then there are animals in there that, like, don't blink. There are animals in there with teeth that are only made to shred. There are animals that are bigger than a house. So that's why I'm scared of the ocean. <laughs> that's why going into an aquarium would freak me out. Because, I mean, then you're surrounded. There's just walls of water right there, you know. I know this because I've wanted to go to the aquarium before. Yeah. So I, kn- I know. And, and I said, <laughs> no way, Jose. Uh, anyways, when I mentioned this in the conversation, the guy that we were talking to, one of the other people was like, you know, I used to have the same problem. And then... uh this is completely serious. I watched The Abyss, and I wasn't afraid anymore. And I looked at it, and I said, if you're lying to me, I swear, if this is some kind of joke, I'm going to 
I'm going to track you down. You know, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking to someone who is essentially a stranger. And I'm like, I'm going to get you if you're lying. And he's like, no, 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 I'm serious, man. I'm serious. So it was just always something that was in the back of my mind of like, I should watch the abyss to see how I feel about it. And we did. And you know what? I'm not cured. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, but, but I'm it also, wasn't like he punked you oh, yeah, or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, Like, I wasn't freaked out in the movie or anything like that. In fact, I hardly noticed because there weren't fish in this movie. Yeah, not, not, no, none. Zilch. Yeah, no, I didn't see any, yeah. Huh. Movie that takes place in the ocean, but the ocean is sterile. I, I assume, like, there was radiation. Was that keeping the fish away? I don't know. Well, oh, there were some marine life. There was some. There, there were like um, spiders that crawled out at a certain specific point oh, in the sub. The crabbies. The crab. Yeah, oh, was it crabs? Sorry, yeah. I thought I thought it was like some, yeah. some type of underwater spider. SpongeBob. <laughs> yeah. Cool. What do you guys think of this movie? Well, this is a movie that I saw at a very young age. Um, Thirteen. Yeah, more than like yeah, and uh, um, yeah, no, I loved it. It's it's a fun adventure movie, man. It's a uh, it's it uh it's got everything in it, you know. It's got a little bit of this. It's got Cabin Boy, Cabin Boys in it. It's got um, it's got uh, <laughs> you know, uh, it's got oh, it's got like really cool submarines, you know. It's got oh my gosh, I, I just yeah. When I was a kid, I was riveted. Like this whole movie was just something. But the now I've noticed though that. I probably have only probably seen this movie like three times in my life, but mm-hmm. like I will say that it definitely. Uh, oh, what am I trying to say? I tried to build the submarines out of Legos before mm-hmm. the, the the subset came out, mm-hmm. and it didn't work out very well. But then the subset came out, and then I tried to replicate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome <laughs> with the Legos. Legos, yeah. That's and that so was a lot cool. of fun. Lego this. So. Yeah. Um, same here. My mom is a huge fan of this movie and of Ed Harris and and sci-fi movies with a message about peace on Earth and you know taking care of each other and looking for a friend out there instead of looking for some bad guy to shoot or whatever. <laughs> um, and uh. <laughs> This is one that I saw at a young age, too. I think I saw it before I could even fully understand it. But I think it's a classic. And I think that the one we watched was kind of a slow burn. But I think the movie has the same tone with or without the extra um, stuff. If the, if we had a longer version oh, of yeah, it. yeah, yeah. We did, supposedly. But you guys would know better than me. I, I mean... Didn't feel like I saw more than I knew about before. Yeah. So they all sang a country song in the the original version also? I think so. Okay. So you say you've only seen it like three times. I've probably seen it about three times, but it's definitely solidified in my mind uh, as like a classic When like, was the last movie? time you saw it? Um, I get a feeling like uh, it might have been on the sci-fi channel, like late 90s. Mm. It was probably the last time I saw it. Do you abyss. remember the last time you saw it? It was probably about 10 years ago. I mean, when I'm thinking about it, like, um, yeah, maybe like 10 years ago. Hmm. It's been like erased from existence. That's the, that's the way I feel like. It's been overshadowed by everything else James Cameron has done in his more popular movies. It's like, uh, when I say James Cameron, what movies do you think of? Avatar. Uh huh. First thing that hit my mind. Terminator. Terminator. Yeah. Titanic. Titanic. Aliens. Right. So all these amazing features, just like those, are sci-fi classics, and one of them is just a cultural classic. Like it is, the like everyone knows about Titanic. I although you know what I wonder if young people know about Titanic. I have to ask those kids, kids like Jose. Uh, I will. I will say though that uh, it, culturally, it is definitely one of those classics. But I never saw it. I still have not seen Titanic. I saw it in the theater. Cool. Probably more than once. Ugh. 
Eh, well. No. But the Abyss, like, uh, there is a special edition DVD, but I think that has been the only release. It hasn't been released on Blu-ray. I don't think there were multiple DVD releases or anything like that. It's just, uh, it's just buried. Huh. I don't know if there's a specific reason why. Like, uh, is he embarrassed by it? It's really, I like, I thought it was good. Like, uh, a, at least a solid 7 out of 10, in my opinion. Wow. Because, like, uh, we, like you said, we, we watched like a three hour version, and I was pretty much hooked the entire time. And, um, it just, it got me thinking about a lot of stuff. I, the ending is, uh, whatever. You know, it's a, like, the whole message behind the thing, and they could have killed us at any time, and. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't know. For those of you who haven't seen The Abyss... Oh, synopsis. I mean, do you think there are people who are listening to this who haven't seen Abyss? Probably. Well, like I said, it's like, it's kind of hard to see it now. I don't even think you can rent it, like, digitally. Harsh. Yeah. That's really harsh. This is a great movie. Yeah. This really does need more exposure, I I think. I think it's like a fundamental sci-fi movie. For me, it was. Well, for you, yeah. But I feel like it's like it was in my sphere of exposure because of my mom's taste. Like, maybe it wouldn't have been a household movie or whatever at your mm-hmm. house. Yeah. But it was at Aaron's. Oh, yeah. My, mo- my mom showed <laughs> it me this a, one. Yeah. Was it mine? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? It was a sphere of influence in my house. Sphere. Oh, God. The book. Star Wars. No, we didn't have that at my house. Sphere. That movie. No Star Wars? No, we didn't have Star Wars in my house. I've talked about this before. I didn't see that till I was like a late teenager. I gotta say, as far as the Aqua sci-fi adventure movies, that obviously the Abyss way over Sphere any day. <laughs> yeah, Sphere is a stinkeroo, but I think that yeah. it's hard to adapt a Michael Crichton book. I mean, yeah. even when Spielberg did Jurassic Park, he just like went so far away from what the book was like. That It's the, true. You know, that's how you get a successful thing. Yep. I don't know. The the way I imagined this movie was something more scary. And I don't know if I had to go with my, like I said, my my aqua fear or whatever that is. Or uh, just that image, like, of her, Mary, uh, whatever, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winstead. <laughs> yeah, you think Mary Elizabeth Winstead and you think <laughs> Mary Stuart Masterson. Mary Elizabeth Master Antonio. Maid Marian from Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, uh, you know, looking face to face with that water creature thing. Yeah. And it's not in the movie. That's not a scary moment at all. I mean, it is kind of like a what's going to happen at first, but it's. That picture is like the cover of the thing or something. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have the thing as a point of reference until much, much later in my life. Right. But it's a quiet movie that has like moments of suspense but like i feel like i was telling aaron like we paused it for a minute and i was telling aaron like he has this fear of sea life i'm hoping he's all right (laughs) and then i said but really like the enemy in the movie is that they're trapped yeah and that they're so far down there on their own yeah and that they don't have any way to get out. Like, yeah. basically, they're cut off from everyone else. They're down on, like, this shelf, like, in a very, very deep waters. <laughs> and they've they basically started a clock that's like, you only have this much time to mm. figure it out. And then the thing I really like about this movie is they they only have so much time. And then... They passed that, and I always, I think that this was one of the first movies I ever saw where something came in that made everything okay at that point. Yeah. Like, in an adult movie, like, stuff like that happens in cartoons. Stuff like that happens, like, in a comic book or whatever, but I feel like when I was a kid watching this movie, I thought, the the stakes were pretty high mm-hmm. you know they were trapped in this they were trapped in this pod and at a certain point in time they run out of air and i found that idea really scary yeah and 
or that they could freeze to death in the water, or that they could drown and then be revived, like be crushed to death. All those things, and yeah, and I just I remember being scared about being in that situation, and I was saying that I thought that was the real, <laughs> that's the real enemy totally. in the movie because the aliens are quite friendly, actually. So, give us a synopsis. Aaron. Alright, so, synopsis of The Abyss. Movie starts with, um, all I can picture is Cabin Boy. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> the movie starts... I, it starts with Cabin Boy. With Cabin Boy. <laughs> the movie starts with a submarine that is just yeah. going to yeah. just... Uh, it's a nuclear yeah, sub that is uh, it gets buzzed by some super fast thing and ends up colliding with the seawall, right? Exactly. And exactly. that's what starts it all. It's pretty horrifying right then, too. Seeing all that water just filling the sub and, like, they had, like, no chance. Yeah. Like, no chance. I thought maybe, like, when Even we were Even as a kid, I was just like, whoa. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like. Whoa. No no <laughs> way guess? out. That's the That's thing it. of submarines. It's like if you're in a submarine and something breaks the surface of it, like you don't That's have it. a way to like have There's air. No parachutes. Yeah. There's no parachutes out <laughs> of this submarine. Just hop in the torpedo bay and get shot to the surface. Oh my god. So basically, the uh, the government obviously wants to check up on its uh, little submarine mishap here. So they get Chris Elliott. That's right. To track it down. That's right. No, Joel. <laughs> he's in the movie. He's, he's got a starring role. You're right. You're right. As the guy on the ship. He's reading instruments. Oh, good. Yeah. And then the government gets involved. <laughs> That's a trope, isn't it? Yep. In In movies where, like, okay. Things are getting real. Now the government's going to come in and well, get involved. I mean, this is a military nuclear sub. I think that the government probably has some uh, I involvement. Mean, yeah. It would make sense that they did in this scenario, but I think it's an overused plot device. We're all out of ice cream. Then the government got involved. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So sub goes down. So then, then the movie cuts to this uh, special underwater oil rig thing project that these people are, are investing, you know, time, money, years of their life into, and the government comes in, and they're like, you know what, you guys are the closest thing to this thing that's happened, and we need you, and it's a need-to-know thing, and you can't know about it, but we know about it, but you can't know about it, but we need your subs, and they're like, you're out of your mind! We'll give you three times your pay. Okay! Okay! <laughs> <laughs> but we're gonna have to send some Navy SEALs. That's right. Onto there. Navy SEAL starring Michael Bean. Mm-hmm. AKA Kyle Reese from the first Terminator movie. Or so Ringo. They, so they send Steven Seagal down. No, I'm just kidding. Go talk to Can the you captain. imagine that movie? <laughs> Undersea. I don't know what these aliens are doing, but I don't like them. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture him like underwater kick. One of the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Grab it out of the air. <laughs> he's got like a nuke tied to his leg that, while that he's part, kicking. That part when it's manipulating the seawater to look like things, he would have just chopped through it. <laughs> <laughs> off, he would have just stared at it and the thing would have run off. Get off of my ship. <laughs> oh, man. Broken it in half. We don't have a Steven Seagal of this era. <laughs> We don't. <laughs> yeah, we, have, we yeah we do. We have Steven Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 2010s, Joel. We don't have a 2010s version. I mean, of Steven sure, Seagal. I'm sure that there is something that is like that. I mean, there's a there's a guy who was in uh, nin the Ninja movies, like Ninja Shadow of a Tear, and uh, I, I can't remember his name. Something something Atkins, Scott Atkins, I want to say. Anyways, he's like a, a martial artist that okay. does movies like that. Cool. But I don't think he's nearly as well known, obviously. Because no one no one like goes to see those kind of movies 
in the theater that the way they did in the yeah. late eighties and yeah. early nineties. Action movies. Yeah, like action movies all about one man taking down everybody. I think the the, the martial artist American <laughs> the American martial artist action movie has definitely kinda kinda gone away. The American martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> True. That was a big thing back when we were kids. Yeah. Like karate studios on everything could be solved with a kick. Mm-hmm. Now true. we got Brazilian jiu jitsu. You'd now. go over to your friend's house and his dad would be wearing a gi. <laughs> <laughs> At least I have that framed photo of himself in a gi. <laughs> I'm just picturing somebody with like a straightforward shot and then there's like a slowly faded shot of their face on the side. Uh, yeah, double. <laughs> Image on the same, like like a glamour shot, close up of his head, and then the side shot standing in his head. (laughs) 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 They don't do photography like that anymore. They don't. They should bring it back, like (laughs) Stranger Things. We're bringing it back. We're bringing it. We'll bring it back. Send in today for your special photo. You have to provide your own geek. <laughs> so, so the Marines go on there and uh, oh yeah 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 say, Ringo Ringo from to- from yeah. Tombstone shows so, up. So does a uh, so does a lady oh Lindsay in this movie who has a conflict with Bud who is Ed Harris. Yep. Because they used to be married, or they're still married, or... They're, they're still, still married. married. They're going to get divorced. We're like... The papers aren't finalized. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still wearing a ring, Joel. Yeah. Um, He's not giving up on it. Yeah. Everybody calls her a raging bitch in this movie, and yeah. I don't I think didn't she get that. is one. I didn't get that. She was like... I, I mean, I understand where you're coming from, Sarah. But yeah. like, but like, she's just interested in her investment. Yeah, like she's being a smart businesswoman, in my opinion. Yeah, like, like a bitch. <laughs> Four she years of her life. That thing. Four years of her life. Millions of dollars. Of course, she's personally vested in something that she created. I d- I don't even think of it as being like, like if I if I built like a building or something. I would want to go see it from time to time and see yeah. how it looked. Yeah. Like, that's, I don't know. I, I don't think of her as being, if it had been a man in that role, and Ed Harris had been married to a dude. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Very progressive. <laughs> if it had been a man going down there to check out engineering or whatever, it wouldn't have been like, that dude's a raging bitch. No, it would have been like, He's a real hard ass. <laughs> no, there there was actually a lot of dialogue that made me cringe this time when I watched it. Like a lot of lines like that where it was like woman shaming line. Yeah. Here it is. Let's throw in that joke about ladies. And it was like like the hurricane? Hurricane whatever should have been a lady hurricane. Yeah. You know? Like and it was and just like aiming after women. Oh man! Like yeah. <laughs> like like I re- <laughs> Yeah, totally, totally. Like, I was super stoked about this movie before, but then after hearing that, I was kind of like, ooh. I honestly think the movie gets away with a few of them because they intimate that there's more than we know to the situation. Like that other woman who hates her. Right. Like, and you never get an explanation for why she hates her. Mm. Like, the reactions people have to her are pretty strong. Yeah. And all she's doing is going down there. <laughs> Check it out. I don't know, when she gets on, she seems like she's friendly with almost everybody. The only one she seems to conflict with is Bud. Like she gets well, yeah. down, she's like uh, that the, the big guy who ends up being oh. in a coma for most of the movie. Though yeah. they're friendly, and then uh, the guy, the Chuck Norris wannabe, you know, they're friendly, and probably those guys who died when it flooded, they're probably friendly. Oh yeah. And Rat Guy. That's hippie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You was listening Joel. to Scott. That's how I know he's a hippie. That's right. <laughs> that hippie music. <laughs> the conspiracy theorist. Yeah. He's got a pet rat. Yep. He's probably I didn't hacker. know a rat could survive in a rat submarine is. environment like that. It's pretty rad. That's a special rat. They do special things to that rat. In this yeah. Movie. They put it in a bag. They 
drown it, kind of. I hope that rat was okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I try not to think about those things well, now when I'm watching old yeah, movies. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I find, it, I find it interesting, though, that everyone was kind of cool with him just bringing a rat on an experimental, like, I don't know, like, multi-million dollar submarine rig, oil rig thing. They were like, sure, bring your rat along. I hate to say it, but this is kind of like Armageddon under the water. Yeah. This is it, what inspired Armageddon. That's really? what I said. No, I don't think it actually did, but I mean, it's just a, it's a pretty big coincidence that it happens to be oil like drilling people team. that yeah. have to yeah. save the world. I I don't think they saved them by drilling, but, no. <laughs> but Not still. In they just had the equipment. That's the, yeah, that's the basis of how it begins. All those underwater, like, mobile water stations and, like, the the mini subs and stuff that they were piloting, those were all really cool looking. Yeah, everything stands oh my gosh, the yes. test of time. So cool. I I was really impressed, too, with the, the helmet gear that these uh, um, people were using, like, when they were under the... Uh, under the water, because, cause like, when you think about scuba gear nowadays, like, a lot of it, you know, obviously covers most of the face. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I, I always thought that was really cool that, like, that the, the helmets were designed, you know, I mean, obviously they wanted to get more emotion out of everybody. So, you know, how do you do that? You know, give everybody their full face, you know, underwater. I was really impressed they did that, though. Like, normally, I w- yeah, you get nothing. <laughs> you get, like, you yeah. know, you get, like... Eyeballs. Yeah, if that if it's not like a foggy moment. Yeah, 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 I I think that all the all the gear, all the underwater shots, all the all the like footage of the of the base that they were on, like all that stuff holds up. Obviously, there's a little bit of some technology that looks older now, right? And there's also you know, the CG stuff with the aliens that's a little bit outdated, but the water when it was moving, like when it was yeah. manipulating the water, I still think that looks good. It looked awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, I don't I don't think I think that they put a lot of effort into the fidelity of those effects. Like uh they wanted it to they knew the limitation of the technology and wanted to make it look as good as they could. I think it holds up the way the original alien does. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That was a bunch of practical stuff. And, like, this was, like, real underwater filming for most of it. Which is insane when you really think about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is, like, insane. insane. Tactical nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, They They would would not. All that would be CG. Liability. Yeah, they would have been, like... Yeah, we don't want to endanger our actors. It'll cost us millions of dollars for insurance reasons and whatever else like that. It's like, and who knows if actors would want to go through that at all? You know, yeah. Ed, Ed Harris actually swimming through the water. You know, with the with the overweight Chuck Norris following him right <laughs> behind there. Like those guys actually did that part. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty impressive, I think, for a movie as old as it is. I mean, it's not 2001, but I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's really funny. I saw Ed Harris once. <laughs> oh, cool. And I'm one of those people who completely loses it when a famous person is seen. And I've had, like, out-of-body experiences when I've seen a famous person. I've like, I don't have control over my mouth anymore, and I start saying crazy things. But anyway, I was <laughs> I was outside of a Barnes and Noble in a car with one of my coworkers and we were driving um back from our lunch break and I see Ed Harris crossing in front of us with a hat on <laughs> oh, man. and sunglasses and I say holy <laughs> that's Ed Harris and then I find out my friend has the window down, and he's just smiling because he heard me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I didn't! I didn't even think about it. It just came out, and um, <laughs> it was so funny. That's so funny. <laughs> he thought he could get away with it, but he was caught. <laughs> caught in a web of lies.
Yeah. What do you what do you guys uh think about <laughs> uh I just you, the comparisons to Armageddon, I can't help but keep thinking about that because I find I really like Steve Buscemi. I really like uh Michael Clark Duncan, God rest his soul. I really like I really like Bruce Willis, <laughs> uh Ben Affleck, you know? But those guys were obnoxious in that movie. Oh yeah. And so like watching this movie, I just kept going, mm, I'm like I'm getting an obnoxious feeling, but I know it's not they're not actually obnoxious. They're like like I I did think the uh the African American woman with the cowboy hat was weird, but I guess I was supposed to be like, "Yep, she works for oil thing." Well, I think um yes, they were they were a bit obnoxious, Joel. Like I have to agree with you that uh I understand that this is like a high risk job, so like obviously it's going to be a couple of the crazies are going to be working it, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you know, uh, but it is. It just felt like you know, and they all get along. They've all they, you know they they felt like they like have been yeah they're living some... together on this site for a long time. That felt natural to me. I I, yeah. it, I don't think it was obnoxious. I just thought I just couldn't help it. I got the you know the creepies. Yeah. Armageddon's trying to sneak into my brain. Maybe. I think that they actually squeezed a lot into this movie, and I'm surprised that I didn't find it more more obnoxious, because what happens with the Navy SEALs is one of them gets um, like pressure sickness. Is that what they say it is? And he starts to lose it, and go full nut bar. Yeah, baby's got the bends. And, um... Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, he decides to arm a nuclear we- weapon. Uh, he, they don't know, like you, like Aaron said, it's a need-to-know basis type thing. And they don't know that the SEAL team is down there in order to retrieve, or at least it seems like their original intention is to check on the status and maybe disarm the nukes. But when they, what what happens? It's something it sets becomes, them off. So. It becomes an international oh, yeah. incident. Wait, it like you got a hurricane, right? You got the Russians trying to figure out. What happened there? Right, that's so, the whole reason that so Russian in the first place. Yeah, Russian subs are there. A hurricane coming in. Uh, so, like, you know, it's getting a little communication's getting a little rough mm-hmm. uh, at this point. So you already have these Navy SEALs who only have part of the plan. Which, I mean, I think it's kind of weird that, that they didn't they didn't have like a series of like fallback plans. Like they just kind of threw them down there. Like, well, no, get on down there. Come on, guys. They didn't have a way to get out. But yeah, but they, they didn't did. have a fallback plan at all. Like They had, uh, like, three know. stages of plans. Like, the, the first stage was what we saw them doing. And then they went to stage two, which is when they went and retrieved the nuke, which set off the whole yeah, I guess hurricane so. garbage thing. Because that that's what I couldn't remember. Like, what sets off stage two? Because that's when they're still communicating with the... Chris Elliott and uh, Dr. Kelso up on the ship. I thought that he had falsely given his superiors the idea that they were in a worse situation, that he had confirmed that than they actually were. Because he was already going kind of crazy. With the shakes and everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, yeah. And that one and guy And then the guy out. says... Oh, sorry. The guy who was on the sub, uh, the the big guy that ends, uh, he like gets his first exposure to the alien, and he's already freaking out because they've seen dead bodies on the sub. That whole scene is so cool. Yeah, like you, you like just them having to explore to see if they're they're looking for survivors. It's like we already know there's not going to be anybody alive on this thing. But I think that's they said we're looking for survivors just to. So that they didn't know what their real intention was. Do you think that the... Okay. Do you think that the aliens caused this accident in the first place? Yes. And do you think that they did it intentionally? 
Yes, I do. After seeing the movie, I do think that. I didn't think that at first. I thought it was like they sped by and buzzed them real fast on accident. But the fact that they had a bunch of, like, it wasn't just one nuclear uh, nuclear explosive on the boat. They had, like, what? They said, like, 16 Dozens, or something yeah. like that. Or, it, was enough, it was enough to wipe out the world. Yeah. In one sub, basically. So, yeah, that makes sense to me. One based submarine. on what they wanted. Yeah. I mean, that's all it takes. It's got hydrogen bombs on there, right? It okay. Had, it had so many nuclear heads. It had so many warheads in that in that one little sub that it was like, yeah, it was it was pretty dumb. Yeah, solar bernite on there. The Plan 9 from outer space. It Boom. Yeah. So you think that they crashed the sub because they had all those bombs on board? Yes. Do you think that the Americans would have ever used those? I think I think they stopped them before the sub went somewhere that may have eventually used them. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I always assumed that the beginning was an accident, mm-hmm. and that because the aliens are always so friendly after that. Well, they. I think that they felt like they were going to be coming to a point where the, a conflict could happen because obviously, if they're in a space where the Russians could get to them at a, a faster pace than any of the naval vessels could. That means that they were probably... I don't even remember if they said that. They were probably in a space that they weren't supposed to be with this, these nukes. The movie leads you to believe that it's an accident mm-hmm. in the yeah. beginning. I with totally agree with yeah, it. With yeah, the yeah. aliens, it was definitely an accident. Mm-hmm. But I, definitely when we start... When, when the mystery is becoming revealed... Yeah. Yeah. It's very prevalent that, that this was planned. I, yeah. I have to yeah. agree with you on that. That's so weird. I've never thought about that. But it's before. something that I didn't think I didn't really think about until yeah. you know I saw it this time. It, it seems like a really unelegant way to accomplish the goal of like getting these nukes out of human hands. But when you think of what they were planning to do to prevent the death of the planet at the end. It makes sense that they would just feel like a couple of human lives don't really matter if we can prevent the the death of the planet. It's kind of it's kind of a weird kind of like uh you know, okay all right uh, I might be totally off on this but yes, you are but uh, um you know you th- the book Watchmen like uh, uh <laughs> going way off way off of no, my field no, here it's cool. but like uh Watchmen um humanity is finally you know united united with this threat of aliens you know right and so it's kind of, i i think that this is kind of james cameron's way of of saying that you know maybe humanity would become united if we found out that there was a bunch of cool water aliens well chilling chilling in the abyss <laughs> at the end the aliens have revealed themselves yep. to at least that navy boat I mean, it's like we don't know what's going to happen after that i kind of thought that was weird i almost thought that uh it would have made more sense if they had just like returned them all, you know, lift the sub unit back to the service or yeah. something like that and continued, you know, surveying everybody. But in my memory from being a kid, I remembered the aliens like surfacing mm-hmm. and it was like in my imagination or in my mind, like it was everywhere. Like, all over the ocean, yeah. all over the world, they came up. Oh, okay. And like they, like, outed minutes. themselves basically all over. And Neymar the Submariner was, like, Imperious Rex, and he started beating up Chris well, every- Elliot. Everybody thought it was weird that there was, like, a tidal wave coming that didn't... Well, break. it was weird. It was <laughs> a bunch of tidal waves, and they couldn't explain it, and it came out of nowhere, and then they just froze solid. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like this is a fact. Tidal waves don't do that. <laughs> the aliens coming up, I think, outs them to the world, even though they weren't everywhere. Like I thought they were in my memory. Mm, totally. Mm, I don't know. I love the alien design, though. I like I like how they have the 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 upside down blinking eyes. Like um, uh, it's, the aliens were designed by uh, Mobius, famous comic book artist. That's so cool. Creator of the Submariner. No, wait. Of the Silver Surfer. No, wait. Did he have anything to do with Silver Surfer? Well, him and Stan Lee did a Silver Surfer one shot. Oh, cool. It's pretty good. Stan Lee was like, I don't know who this Mobius guy is, but 
know what accent I'm doing. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually a pretty good Stanley. You're a true believer, Joel. Superman. I can, like, <laughs> recite his lines exactly for Mallrats. <laughs> nice. It's nice. a superhero secret. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh. Yeah, they have this, like, translucent kind of skin with this, awesome. like, glowing, like, bioluminescence through part of their bodies. And they look kind of like an, I want to say, like, an angelfish or something. Yeah. Jelly, a combination jellyfish and angelfish. They have, like, bat wings, like a, like a ray. Mm-hmm. But they... They stand, like, head up most of the time. I, I don't know why, but, like, Ed Harris's descent leading leading up to him, yes. you know, seeing the aliens and then his encounters with them, they really remind me of 2001 yeah. in a lot of ways. Yeah, me too. A lot, a lot of stuff in this remind me of 2001. Like, the, the suits and... Uh, I can't remember specifically. There were there were some other, like, I think that, like... Uh, Oh, man, there there was one scene that I was like, "This is just two thousand one." Like, yeah, I mean, it, it was influencing. Oh, yeah, totally, definitely. Totally, I got that. I was thinking about how cool it is that the aliens were uh, underwater, like uh, that people hadn't known their existence and they've been living underwater, and who knows for how long. Yeah, because when you think about it, the like I said earlier, the world is like seventy percent covered with water. So from like an outsider perspective, if you like scan the world and you're like, ah, oh, okay, this world, this world is mostly water. Therefore the most important creatures probably live in the water. It like makes sense. It's kind of perplexing that we humans all, you know, we can't live in the water. We can't breathe underwater yet. Our planet is mostly that. And we can't, we can't live without water. It is an essential part of life, but it, it's like it kind of creeps me out to think about like well what if there is like some species that like has lived under the water because it would make a lot of sense it would you know there's a way less land than there is ocean yeah well, not every ocean's been conquered yet so to speak there's still definitely places we haven't been yeah space ocean yeah there's yeah. probably still places on earth that Mexico like ocean. either are uninhabitable or like desert that are just so hard to live in that you wouldn't be able to or so we've got to get the sequest dsv going <laughs> that's why i learned from fear and loathing in las vegas you can't live in the desert they're still finding animal species that all the time we I haven't know. discovered before that are on land where we can go see them uh, potentially yeah and there's um, tons of underwater stuff that we don't know about yeah but i just think of it as uncharted territory but i'm scared is- <laughs> what if there are water people and they're pissed? There are people who dedicate their whole lives to the study of the sea. They're called seamen. <laughs> Oceanographers? Oh. Know. Uh, Aaron? Yep. Do you know where I can find any sailors? <laughs> are you planning on doing show notes on this one? Eh? <laughs> if I have time, I will. Because... <laughs> <laughs> That would be a good one to look, clue people in on. Sure, sure. <laughs> a little video game called Shenmue for the Dreamcast. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, um, is there anything else about the movie you guys want to talk about? I liked the concept of the, um, breathable water. That's, uh, that's scary. Thing. I know, I know for you specifically, I kind of understand why that kind of freaked oh, you Oh, I out. liked it too. I liked the concept. I, I wish, I don't know, I kind of, I, I mean, I, I haven't done a lot of research into it, but I mean, if, <laughs> if that was an idea in 1989, I hope that someone's kind of moved forward with no, it. No, it is a I real thing. I feel like thing. it is. Is it a real yeah. thing? It is a real thing. Yeah. It's, but I, I liked it in the movie. I liked the way that it was portrayed like somebody who was being exposed to it would immediately have the lizard brain reaction of, I'm drowning, I need to get out of here, yeah. I need to, you know, I need to save myself, because yeah. that's exactly what would happen. But that, when when Ed Harris is going through the thing, he's like, you you lived like this for nine months, your body will remember. I was like, that's a good line. Yeah. Is that's he full. the one that says that? No, no, it's the guy who, uh, the Navy the SEAL. The Navy dude. That's not a joke. Yeah. 
The one, yeah, yeah, the one, the who one Navy SEAL who's like, wait a minute, guys. These guys were like GI Joes. Sh- oh yeah, shout out to the headband uh, GI GI Joe uh, <laughs> who, who gets duct taped. Yeah, uh, I'd like to make a shout out to that because that was my favorite scene at one point when he's just being duct taped and he has this look on his face like, no. <laughs> that's that guy definitely is the second banana who like if it was like a fighting tournament movie, you know, Michael Bean's character would have lost and like walked over and the second banana would have tried to comfort him and he would have pushed him. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh man. Yes. It's a second banana. Well, if the abyss was like if the abyss, if the abyss was like a high school, yeah. If the, if the if the cast from the abyss was a high school, yeah, he would be the second banana. The second banana is just means second in charge <laughs> or not in charge, but He's like the one that the, the bad guy would yell at. Yeah, you know, go do this. I've never heard that. Oh wow, I think I know it from like Looney Tunes or something like that. I don't even know. It's just it's just something I know from a long time ago. Second banana. Did you know it? <laughs> or, or I've heard the going? term before. No, I've okay, heard the term okay. before. I, I can't tell you where I heard it, but yeah. It sounds like a terminology that's supposed to be like alpha and then like... The, the beta. Yeah. <laughs> alpha, beta, banana. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> It's your pecking order. Oh, man. <laughs> Each alpha gets three bananas, and the second banana is the one that goes and tries to comfort the alpha if he doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, something that bothered me about the movie is that when Mary Elizabeth and Master Antonio, uh, I'm just going to call it right You got that down, man. Lindsay. You got that down. She immediately jumps to the, like, uh, they're, they're not from this earth kind of, like, explanation. Uh, like, I don't know if I would immediately assume that. Like, maybe they are from this earth. Maybe, they, like I said, maybe they're just evolved to live in the water. Uh, everybody in the boat is basically like, oh, yeah, aliens. Well, Joel, have you seen the bioluminescent purple ball creature thing that's yes. been found deep under the, the ocean recently? one, yes. Okay, just saying. Yeah. You're not that far off, man. Yeah. It was glowing. It was purple. And it was about the size of a soccer ball. And they don't know what it they was. They have no idea what it was. There's tons. Like Chris said, there's tons. There's got to be tons of stuff that yeah. they don't know about yet. Not kidding. Saw the footage myself. I had to pinch myself after I saw it. Wait a minute. Is this real? Yes. For reals. For reals. Because somebody... Showed me a link one time online about all these like crazy things that exist in our world, mm-hmm. and some of them were not real. <laughs> no, for reals. This is one's for reals, though. It's like, like some of them. It was like actual footage of like people, people view like scientists viewing it. Oh, and stuff. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. I saw the Twitter, like Vine video or something like that of the whoever these. Scientists, I'm using quotation marks. Where they're freaking out, like, what, what is that? What, what? Like, uh, okay, YouTube generation, shut up. There <laughs> are creatures that I still don't know if they're real or not, just based on like pop culture, like phenomena. Oh, bears are real, and they'll touch you right in your dingus. <laughs> oh no, no. What, what was the? What was the? Is the Bakersfield alien? No, Fresno, Fresno, yeah. Only in Fresno. Yeah, man. If we're going to drop uh, Fresno Alien here, let me just say, Hawk the Slayer music, it's really good. You should listen to Hawk the Slayer music. <laughs> drop it in. So, for one of my notes is a sphincter factor. Um, oh, I remember. Okay. I remember this. That, can you tell me why I wrote that? Well, the head dude, uh, Navy SEAL, oh, okay. is getting he's getting pretty power hungry at this point because right. the mission, things aren't going the way that he wants. Uh, 
you know, this this lady who happens to be in charge of, you know, the thing is starting to show that she's in charge of the thing and he doesn't like that. And so, you know, he starts making some demands and when all of the uh when when all of the oil workers go into one room, they're like they talk about this thing called the sphincter factor. <laughs> I don't remember. They were saying he was, a total, somebody... he was a total a-hole. Oh, okay. But they were saying it was because he was, you know, they were saying the it was... The was too tight? Yeah. Mm. It's kind of like Vegeta and his power level reader, but it was for how much of an... Yeah, how much how tight his sphincter <laughs> What's was. What's his power level? <clears throat> yep, exactly. My sphincter. I yep. thought they were talking about being uncomfortable. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I was wrong. I'm not sure. Somebody says the words sphincter. Factor. Yeah, it was. It was I after. Remember that it was after the Navy SEAL was trying to do his power, his power hungry move on him. So it's after like uh, there. There's an amazing scene where the hurricane hits and they haven't been able to unlatch the uh, underwater whatever that they're. It was the rig under? Yeah, the rig because the Navy SEALs took the one of the. Had uh, planning on their part to only have one things, giant yeah. robot arm mm-hmm. underwater, and so they couldn't unlatch it in time. So the hurricane literally rips off the thing that's anchoring them to the ship up above on the surface, and they almost get pulled into a trench that's nearby. And part of it floods, and it's actually really, really sad. It, it like once I get a flashback of Titanic, where people are like closing the doors, and you're seeing them in the window, you know, right, right before yeah. they die. And there's a part where Ed Harris sticks his hand in a toilet. Anyway, because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a wedding ring, and he, after he fights with uh, Lindsay, he decides to throw it away. But then he changes his mind. So the rest of the movie, he's got this blue hand, and. He is trying to get out of the, get through the doors before they close so it doesn't flood. And he stops one of the doors with his hand. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I was like, oh, that's going to hurt. <laughs> like, I just, yeah, I heard you. you. I was like, mm. no, that hit me real hard when I was a kid because I was like, that's a metal door. It's going to squish his hand. <laughs> yeah. You're going to suffer before you drown, man. <laughs> But no, his wedding ring stops the door. It's 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 the most powerful wedding ring that's ever existed. It's like a metal cylinder too. It's not like a normal ring. It's adamantium. Oh, okay. It's like how Vibranium. how hipster wedding rings look now. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you obviously haven't spent time on Etsy, have you? <laughs> no, I have not. Uh, the world of Etsy. I go on Etsy looking for old movie memorabilia. That makes sense. For hipsters. Like me. But, yeah, that that seems really cool. I can't remember what I was going for when I was saying this. I think I was just talking about how cool well, it was. Just, it was an intense scene yeah. because, you know, he's about to drown mm-hmm. and he gets his hand stuck in there. And then even after he gets his hand stuck in there, you're like, oh, he's screwed because the water's still going right, up. Right, right. And then yeah. Chuck Norris uh, kind of runs over. And, and I should, probably shouldn't call him Chuck Norris. But, but anyway, he runs over and, you know, cuts the power to the door and gets him out of there. Yeah. Crowbars. Yep. Yeah, I had I had a flashback to Titanic when they were exploring that other ship. Mm. But it's funny because when I watched it before, like as a kid, I I hadn't seen Titanic yet, so Right. So your future self has to go back in time and tell your younger self that Titanic was a movie. I've come back from the future just to tell you that Titanic will be out in the nineties. <laughs> On two VHS tapes. (laughs) Prepare today. And it'll get re-released in 3D and no one will go see it. I think that happened, didn't it? I know Top Gun got re-released in 3D. Anyways, we're running out of energy here. Oh, man. Running out of steam. The last thing I want to mention was uh, the fight scene between Michael Bean and Ed Harris. Dude. He counted like every chain in that chain link, man. <laughs> and he's he was totally totally cray cray by yeah him. He, yeah like like Sarah put said earlier full nut bar cutting into his wrist Super Saiyan nut bar at that point like he was just yep sweating into his Freddie Mercury mustache. <laughs> it's being real sneaky. 
He's got a big old heavy thing in his hand, ready to smack him in the head, and then he's like, maybe I should grab his gun. I'm like, dude, you could have ended this right there. Yeah. Nah, because then you wouldn't have the cool sub-fight, Joel. Oh, yeah. You're half right, in yeah. water. Well, just, yeah. Why were they half in water? Because the pool was right there. I don't know. <laughs> Why was there a pool oh, that there? Because that, that was the pool so that they could exit the... Uh, it's the entrance and exit for yeah, the, for for the, the submersibles. That that's what is he, that's what he pressurized? Up. Well, because it, like when it gets lowered on, the water doesn't go into it. You know, how like... You, have you ever like held... You, you've held like a bucket and like pushed it underwater and like the air just stays in there. You know what I'm talking about? You don't break the surface when you're pushing down. Yeah. So that that's that's what actually happens in those kind of bases, so that a submersible can be like have access without there having to be like a door and stuff like that. So I that- didn't know that. I mean, I feel like I knew that that's why the pool was there, so that the things could go in and out. But I don't think I knew that they didn't need anything between the water and them. It's also there, so Ed Harris can freeze his nipples off while he tries to swim over there. He won the wet t-shirt contest. Mm -hmm. Totally. (laughs) Yep. Sorry, Mary. Sorry, chick from Jaws. What? (laughs) Chick from Jaws? It is... It is actually kind of funny though that during like the most intense dramatic scene in the movie when when he's trying to revive Lynn mm-hmm. after after she drowns, like he just kind of puts his Ed Harris puts his hand on his face and you see that like total blue soaked hand mm-hmm. that you yeah, know has been that's the, you know, it's always like, been in the toity the whole time like, like on this, his face. This is a heavy dramatic scene and he's got <laughs> you hand. see his toilet hand like over his face and I'm like ugh. <laughs> As we're talking about it, I'm like remembering all these great scenes. This is a really good movie. Yeah. And people should watch it. And I hope that they release it on Blu-ray. I hope so, too. Ed Harris is like leadership and diplomacy level like Jean-Luc Picard. Totally. Yeah. Like the, the phone call that he had at the beginning where he was like, he was like, you want me to be calm? Like, you know, like, yeah. like total like d- diplomatic, like some guy threw like a first a negative at him, but he turned it around constructively yeah. and then he totally got pissed off, <laughs> like, like, which was really, that's like, that was one of my favorite scenes too. When he answered that phone. Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. He's yeah. an awesome actor. He I, is. I love his work. He is. I think this is probably my favorite performance of him. He's definitely good in other things as well. Yeah. I think this is, yeah, I can't, I can't think of, you know, like uh, Apollo 13, he's real good in the. Uh, I like him in The Rock, but he doesn't really have to do anything <laughs> except for. Was talk. he in like L.A. Confidential? No. Who is in that? Guy Pierce. <laughs> A story for another day. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Was he in the right stuff? Kevin Spacey. I don't know. So it's a really good movie. Everybody should go see it. Yep, this is my opinion. The Abyss is awesome. Yes. See it if you haven't. Anything else? No, I agree. So next week is our fiftieth episode. Woo! Five zero. We did it, guys. Five we zero. Did it. Woo! That was high fives all around. Uh, so I think we're gonna do another top five list. Um, top five fantasy movies of the last decade since we did sci-fi. I'm I'm gonna cut in not only fantasy but also horror because. Uh, frankly, my fantasy list is not as big as my sci-fi <laughs> list was compared to uh, That's the, fine. the last thing we did. So, so the top five fantasy slash horror movies from 2007 to 2016. Okay. And that'll be what we have prepared. Uh, Aaron, I expect you to get your preparation ready at the last minute. You bet. Get your preparation H. I will. H. I will. For Harry. Harry Amen. preparation. <laughs> Prepare, boys. This is our second week of our Kickstarter, too. I want to talk about that. We are almost uh, fully pledged with only five people pledging, which is great. But we only, we're only, like I said, we were asking for $122. So I expected it would only take a couple of pledges to get us up to that. If we get beyond our 122, I'm just going to drop this little spoiler in. We have plans for other little things we're going to do. Like, I have been working on a really stupid little 
podcast about reviewing sodas. And uh, if we get a little bit more money, I don't see why we can't just do that every week. But we'll be dropping previews of that as soon as I have them ready. And if we get double the money, and I'm talking 244 instead of 122, there will be a second podcast. Now, uh, Aaron will be on that one occasionally when he can be on, but it'll usually be me and Jose, who has been a guest, and Sarah, whenever she wants to be on. That is a horror movie podcast. Um, I'm not going to reveal the name right now because I really like the name, and I'll just wait until it actually gets released for that to come out. But I will also be dropping a preview of that. We've already recorded our first episode, and our second episode is going to be recorded as soon as Jose gives us his precious, precious time. I just can't. We love you, Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to talk about anything else? Do you want to talk about your show again? I... <laughs> How do I talk? Use your words. I am a resident artist at an artist community in Ventura, California. And if anybody is in the Southern California area that's interested in art, I am doing a solo show at the Wave Gallery. It opens on September 2nd, and I would love to see you there. Also, I have the green light now for an evening the following weekend, Saturday, and the weekend after, which is probably going to be my closing mm -hmm. on Sunday afternoon. Woo! But all that information is on my artist page on Facebook, which is Sarah Roberts Designs. Anyway, anyone who'd like to come out you're more than welcome, and we'd love to see you there. Yep, I'll be there. Aaron will be there someday. You bet. You bet. I'll probably be representing the podcast a little bit too. Yeah, because that's part of what we. Do. I'm getting that tattoo, so I don't know. It's a tattoo of Pac-Man, but you know, I'll be like the P in Pac-Man is for please don't send me into outer space. Oh dang, it's good. Makes sense, right? It's good. Anyway, outro stuff. Think of your lessons. Email any suggestions or comments you have to please don't podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or the podcatcher of your choice. Like us on Facebook. Our Facebook page is at facebook.com slash pdsmios. And you can follow us at Twitter on Twitter at, at Outer Space Pod. If you subscribe to us on iTunes, please leave us a star or written review rating. We would really appreciate it. It increases the visibility visibility of our podcast and gets us new listeners. So it's very helpful to us. Thank you in advance. Thanks to David DeRoy for our theme music, Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo and loco. <laughs> <laughs> Jed Dowtry for our podcast logo. And to Spencer Seams and our families for all the support. We couldn't do what we do without you. All right. You guys got any firm lessons? I guess my lesson is is that uh, if you're ever gonna go on a mini sub, um, just just wear a just wear a jumpsuit or or wear a jumpsuit. Okay, no, just wear it. Just wear a scuba suit. When you, if you're gonna go underwater, just wear a scuba suit like all the time, just in case. It's gonna it's gonna solve some problems. I thought you were going to say overalls when you said yeah. the Because yeah. the lady with the, the cowboy hat. <laughs> she did have overalls, huh? When she was just cruising around with her overalls and a cowboy hat, I was like, oh, that is, you are, I know you're supposed to be like this, like, very self-confident oil driller person, but you're just asking for trouble. Just put on a suit, have what? something, have, it, have some warm clothing. I just, I... I was really amazed that none of them had, like, scuba suits on while they were yeah. working on their minis. Like, yeah. I just would have been like, yeah, all the time. Just wear it. Yeah. Just, just in case. It. You just never know. Case. I think that would have solved a lot of problems in this movie, <laughs> in my opinion. Sarah, do you have a lesson? Yeah. Don't drop bombs. <laughs> <laughs> the lesson is don't make bombs. Don't carry them into places like you're starting to... Try to make a war or something. Mm -hmm. Don't drop bombs. It's a good yeah. lesson. We it's not all, nice. We should all learn that. Don't put it on big geek or little geek either.
Yeah. While you're at it. Yeah, poor, poor. Was it Big Geek or Little R.I.P. Big Geek. Yeah, R.I.P. Big Geek. Yeah, he went to the bottom of the trench. Yeah. How did Ed Harris's suit survive? I realize... <laughs> okay, never mind. Uh, well, it was like a more like a spacesuit version of the yeah. of, a, of, a, of a scuba suit. <laughs> Just... When when Michael Bean and uh, when Freddie Mercury goes off that cliff, he gets all crushed up, no issue. But but his suit was specially uh, pressurized, Joel. Mm. Yeah, I just saying that uh, he had a, <laughs> he had specialized equipment for scientists. And my lesson is, and I'm gonna just put one of the lessons that I read off of these notes. If I can get my notes open, don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your marriage, as your wedding ring might save your life, as it did in this movie. Just keep on pursuing that woman that doesn't want to be married to you anymore. Wear that ring until you die, as a reminder, or something. (laughs) We'll see you next week, folks. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.